welcome to episode two of Decomposing the Podcast. Uh, I'm Daniel White and I'm joined with you my, my, my co-host and very hay fevery, very sneezy, hay fevery, A.D. Lane. How are you this evening? Uh, oh, do you know what I was, I was doing? I was doing all right um, until I got to the little office at the top of the house, uh, which had its window wide open. And uh, there must have been, what, a billion, trillion, derillion uh, pollen particles just waiting for me to make friends with me, uh, to enter me and then want to make me sneeze. So uh, this could be a very interesting show. Well, yes, it is. It is a difficult time of year for people who suffer from hay fever, isn't it? Because the pollen count's quite high at the moment. Yeah, but this this is this is the weird thing. I um, a few years ago, I I found out that you can get a hay fever jab, um, which essentially takes away most of the symptoms. And the main one for me is constant sneezing. Mm. Um, so for three years, I haven't had any sneeze, hay fever sneezing fits until today. When we're um, about to record our podcast, so yeah, it's great time. I know. It's the second you say, "Right, are you ready?" <clears throat> That's you. When I start sneezing, yeah. Oh, I do nice. get sneezing, and I do get that horrible itchy throat thing, which is horrible because you just want to go. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 it's. it's I mean, the, the, I don't understand it because you know these these hay fever jabs they're like ninety quid. Mm. Um, so what do you do? Do you, do you go back and say, "Hey"? It only it only worked for about about three weeks. Um, give me give me a, a partial refund, or, or maybe my body's just getting so used to these jabs in the bum um, that it's that it's it doesn't do anything anymore. So many comments in response to that that uh, that last comment, but I can't really kind of justify any of them in the context of a sci-fi setting. So I'm just going to move on. Oh yeah. <laughs> almost, almost forgotten that that was our theme. Now, yeah. So, so we're thinking, what should we do? We did horror last time. What are we going to do? So, this is. Um, I should. I should say, uh, we did a pilot a few weeks ago, and then, then I had to to go to the uh, Mighty Festival uh, with the incredible, incapable staircase. So, this is this is our our our, our next one. But we will be dropping these weekly. Uh, this one will be coming out tomorrow, which is Friday. But I think we're aiming for uh, a Wednesday release normally. So you may get uh, episode three next Wednesday if, we, if everything goes to plan. Uh, and also, I should mention right at the top of the show, if you're listening to this and you would like to make comments, uh, whether you liked it, whether you agreed with us, uh, whether you didn't agree with us, uh, we really do want to hear everything. And also suggestions on um, areas, uh, subjects we want to discuss, you, you want us to cover films, anything you want to say to us, really, you can get in touch with us at decomposedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, we're quite open to um, to other guests on the show as well, if you want to come on and uh, talk about stuff that you want to talk about. Really, no script, no agenda on this. Um, so, yeah, do get in touch with us and we'll see what we can do. And uh, tell your friends about us as well because uh, that would be kind of cool, also. So, yeah, so the second show, show of this, of this uh, series uh, of our new podcast, we thought, let's go sci fi because both Tony and I are massive, massive sci fi fans and a uh, huge subject we've chosen. We might even overrun a bit tonight. Yeah, this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't one of those subjects where we'd sort of look at each other and think, okay, how are we going to make that last? Uh, horror. We we could probably could have done what 
two or three sessions just on horror alone. Same with the sci-fi. So this is this is going to be an adventure. Where do we even begin? Where well, where do we start on this? Well, I was thinking about this. I was thinking you've got kind of categories with sci-fi, haven't you? So so I was thinking. Firstly, I was thinking there's sci-fi films that are based on Earth. And then there are sci-fi films that aren't based on Earth that are that are in space. So uh-huh. that kind of divides films quite nicely, doesn't it, into those categories? I thought. And we also have one of my subgenres, which is, um, I guess, I guess you'd call it um, sci-fi space horror. Um, yeah, yeah. So the thing, very... Alien. Yeah, but. But this is uh, the, the, not not just a. I mean, Alien is obviously your go-to one when you think of that. But Pitch uh, Black. I mean, uh, Pitch Black is another one. But um, have you ever seen any of the early eighties? Um, and I mean, how would you describe them? Uh, Roger Corman is is an independent film film producer who made things on the cheap. He has made films on the cheap for you know so many years. Uh, Death Race two thousand, just to give you an example. Um, you know, he's he's probably made about five hundred to a thousand films that he's probably directed. So, you know, he he can he can knock them out. Um, but in the early eighties, uh, when hor- Italian horror was a big thing, uh, Roger Corman jumped in with an, an Alien. Obviously, Alien was the big thing. So by the early eighties, Roger Corman jumped on. He he he, he built uh, some spaceship sets. And then made two or three films using the same set so that he could recycle his sets. Um, and he made some shock, like gore fest, sci-fi, space, alien type horror films. Um, and it kind of just started a little bit of a wave of uh, these kind of sci-fi horror space movies, uh, which are bizarre to watch because, I mean, Alien is when everything goes right. Uh, Roger Corman comes in and it's where everything goes wrong. <laughs> it's like the, the bad B movie, but it's so bad it's it's actually quite entertaining and good. Uh, some of my favourites are these. So, so give us give us some titles uh, of Roger Corman. So bad it's good classics. Okay, so um, you've got Galaxy of Terror. Uh, you've got Forbidden World. <laughs> um, and and one of these films actually has. And I forget her name, but um, uh, the, 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 there's a woman in V, so you would know her. Uh, she played uh, this sister, blonde-haired. Now, do you, do you know the one I mean? Oh, yeah, but I can't ever remember her name. I don't know. Um, so she's she's in one of them. So and it's and it's it's the same same premise uh, that, that that you know a lot of these independent films have, have always used. Uh, which is bring in like some names and you know and make a shockingly bad low budget B movie, but as long as you've got one or two names in there, um, you know you can sell it, and that's 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 what he did. Uh, another one's called Creature, uh, which I think is eighty five. Uh, the two Roger Corman ones are 80, 1981. Um, what else is there? Um, Creature. I mean, there's a list. There's a list of just just Google um, uh, like space horror, and and these are the these are the films that will come up. But it's so, a whole so, genre. So you have got this other genre of of almost made for vid straight to video, made for TV. Oh, God, yeah. 
they're never going to be. Do some of them? They always seem to end up filming um, at some stage featuring Lance Henriksen. He's it's, this is his <laughs> area, isn't it? I think. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, Lance Lance Henriksen kind of moved away from space after Aliens. Um, so no, no Lance Henriksen in 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 any of these. I'm going to call them schlock schlock sci-fi horror. Almost a little bit grindhousey, you know. Very yeah. So so bad, so so horrifically bad, um, but the, the, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to watch these sort of films um, at night time when I'm want to wind down. I don't want to put something on like like Shawshank Redemption or something like that, where you you know where it sparks the the, the energy in the brain. You you want to go for something like Forbidden uh, World, where it's you, you can sh- completely shut down. And, and the acting isn't great, and the special effects aren't great, but you just watch it and just laugh most of the time, don't you? <laughs> you name an area, and I will tell you how terrible it is. And yet, but it, but it's it's no different to, to classic Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. You know, every area is is, is especially the the John Pertwee area. You watch it in disbelief, and yet we love it. There's there's something very nostalgic about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I mean, the acting in the classic Doctor Who was was very, very kind of subpar. But then a lot that that, that we've talked about this before on the previous um, shows we've done, haven't we? The difference at, yeah. back in the day between yeah. uh, the the production value and uh, budget for TV versus uh, film, which now is just non-existent. So you were going to get a kind of a different standard of acting, weren't you? <laughs> And, and and some of the Doctor Who stories, they 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 tended to use some really good, strong theatre actors as well. So every now and again, you'd be you'd have like a villain that is actually amazing, and you think, "Wow, how have they got this guy in here?" Which happens from time to time. Well, Julian Glover was in in an episode of uh, Doctor Who, wasn't he? Yeah, was that a Peter Davidson era? No, it was Tom Baker. It was City of uh, the City of the Dead? Was it? It's the one we're in Paris. Uh, I think I know the one you mean. Yes, City of Death. City of Death. Yeah, yeah. It's him and Romana, anyway. Yeah. But but yeah, and I'd add to, and I know it's not a Corman film, but I'd add to that collection, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's just stupidly funny. It, it it's it's just what, but. So, so you've got you've got this, but the, then you've got the big, big kind of um, popcorn movies, the big Holly Independence Day, Ast- Asteroid, you know, those, those sort of um, those those sort of um, uh, what's that, uh, what's that film that's just come out on four K? The the one we both love, Sam Neill in it. Sam Neill. Event Horizon. Uh, Event Horizon. There that's another go. horror one, isn't it? Yeah, that's part of that genre. Yeah, so so it's it's just I just I find sci-fi uh, films generally films that I can um, I can just switch off and enjoy them, you yeah. know. The, yeah. Event Horizon is a little bit more cerebral than most, but most yeah. of the time you're just watching this kind of battle between some sort of race of weird alien things who are just intent on just massacring everybody, and 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 a few. Uh, it, it's just it's just escapism. It's just ultimate escapism. I would say that Event Horizon is is possibly one of the 
yeah, I'm going to say it. This probably the scariest uh, sci-fi horror um, out of the the. Because I mean, aliens, 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 good, but um, it, it. I don't know. Like, it, like Alien is is like Jaws. You know, it's a it's a perfect of what it is. It's a perfect film. It's flawless. Whereas Event Horizon, I think, goes goes a lot further with the scares. You know, it's a proper. It's like The Exorcist of of sci-fi horror films. Whereas Alien isn't necessarily. It's not. It's not supernatural. It's monster. Uh, Event Horizon. It's supernatural. And I think it kind of goes along the same sort of lines of you know you've got The Exorcist as a true horror. You've got Event Horizon as 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 a perfect sci-fi horror. Yeah, and and Event Horizon doesn't fall into the the uh, into the the dangerous uh, mistake of over explaining. So you're no. never really sure where this this weird sort of presence, this this almost yeah. demonic power, has come from. Uh, it's alluded to that it's kind of an alternative reality, I guess, a different dimension, but. It doesn't bog itself down. It doesn't bother itself with explaining. It's just like this thing has happened, uh, and it's it's come into our dimension. And now look what it's going to do to poor Sam Neill and Jason Isaac. And and you're like, yeah, I don't need to know where this is coming from. It's here, and they've got to deal with it. And I love that when there's not an over an explanation. I found a film which is, um, uh, and if you didn't know better, you could almost see that Event Horizon was almost copied uh, in a way uh, because I, I found a film that, because that, preparing for the show, I wanted to kind of experience the, the, the schlocky, the, the darker side of like sci-fi horror. Um, so I managed to get quite a few of these films that, that, that I've been talking about. Um, and there's one uh, which was made in 1990 next to no budget very independent i don't think it was corman but maybe one of corman's cousins because uh, it was very ultra low budget terrible acting terrible special effects um <laughs> but it's the same premise as event horizon to some degree to some yeah. degree you know, event horizon as 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 kind of tarantino tarantino did uh you know but in the script they've kind of you know made it a lot more interesting um but but ultimately it's the same film um, and, the, and it's called The Dark Side of the Moon, 1990. And it's about these, you know, the, these these like engineers or fixers that in space, they've got a spaceship, uh, and they encounter a space shuttle. And on the space shuttle is uh, what, what seems to be uh, somebody possessed, uh, like, like some sort of devil-like thing uh, that then comes on board their ship and starts killing them off one by one. And it's very Event Horizon. Um, mm. And the and the best thing to do is to watch Event Horizon <laughs> <laughs> and then watch The Dark Side of the Moon because it's like watch the best there is first and then watch the worst there is second and you, but you'll laugh at it you'll have a you'll have a fun time I, I really enjoyed it I like those I like those sort of films um, what what's the um... <sighs> Oh, is it Dark Star? Is it Dark Star? The John Dark Star. Car yeah, John Carpenter's first film when he made it at uni. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mean, it's still brilliant. It's rubbish, but it's brilliant. Oh, it's horrible, but it's, isn't it so amazing? How yeah, and it's exactly what we've just been talking about. You know, like why why should a film work so well 
when you have people in it that can't act. Uh, <laughs> well, you've got like spaceship props where you can obviously see the, the strings and they're just moving it along. Um, you know, the, the, the script, I don't know. There wasn't even a script. I think they were just sort of having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, John Calverton made this, and I, I believe Dan, Dan O'Bannon, you know, who, who, who was like, you know, alien, returned to the living dead. So Dan O'Bannon was a great name for, for John Calverton to be good at uni with. Um, but they, they made it as a short, and I think it was something like a 40-minute short that they'd made at uni. And they tried to sell it. They, they was like shopping it around, see if any distributor wanted it. And all the distributors came back and said, uh, if you can shoot another... 10 or 11 minutes you know make it about 65 66 minutes still a really short feature film but and so they went off and they they got a bit of a budget uh from a from a distributor filmed the extra whatever minutes that they needed and then it got a a a, a small i mean i'm guessing like it was a midnight movie it's a typical you know typical midnight movie for it to do quite well yeah I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was, it was, it was, it was like it felt like early indie, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. So, so yeah, you have got these wonderful little gems you come across either on Netflix or Prime or whatever, and you think, oh, this is so bad, but I love it. It's great. <laughs> um. And I don't want to spend much time. I don't know about you. I don't want to spend much time talking about Star Wars and Star Trek because we are both massive fans of both. And, and we've done shows on them, so yeah. yeah and and we probably will do more. And 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 yeah, they are incredible, incredible yeah. examples of sci-fi gone franchise. You know, huge, yeah. huge franchises because of the um, fascination that we have with exploration into space, the unknown. You know, um, in a galaxy far, far away. And 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 it, they they both to me celebrate. Uh, exactly how popular science fiction is and always will be, but I don't know about you, but I, I want to focus on these little little films. Yeah, that, yeah. that you know, people listen back to this and, and say, "Oh yeah, I haven't seen that for years." Perhaps they want to go and see it again. You know, if any yeah. of these films, they say, "Oh, I haven't seen the Rangers," go and watch it again. You know, it won't have got any better, but it's still. I mean, like, like Life Force. I'm so excited about Life Force <laughs> getting a 4K version, but it's rubbish. In a it really almost, good way. It almost feels like um, you you know when I don't know like like as an example the Oscars and they and they do it they do it the the, the stand up comedian he, he does a little intro and then he says a you know like a oh and Leonardo DiCaprio and then all of a sudden the, the crowd goes whoa yeah whoa I almost feel that way when when all of a sudden you just pop out with a you know with a title like Life Force like yeah. Yes, you could. We could talk about Star Wars and Star Trek, and you know all the franchises. But when you come out with something like Life Force, uh, Toby Hooper, uh-huh. who yeah. you know, Mister Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> um, and he'd he'd you know he made a made a great little. Well, I guess it's a little film. It's uh, Poltergeist. You know, it wasn't huge budget. Spielberg kind of. There's you know rumors that Spielberg directed it, but still put Toby as as. as you know the the man on the, the call sheet, um, but but life force. It's what were they thinking? I mean, I know MGM. <laughs> it, but like, no. like what is it? It's a space horror. It's a vampire film. A space vampire film, then set on present day in 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 on on Earth. But it's it's nuts. It's it's the 
it's the LSD of of sci-fi, of space sci-fi vampire horror. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's brilliant. I, I love it. It's one of my one of my go to um, one of my go to films um, when I when I'm in the mood for something so bizarre and and out there. It's it's like they had an argument around the table, production table, saying, "Well, I want to do a vampire film. I want to do a sci-fi film. Let's do both. Let's start it in space." Yeah, <laughs> it's just mad. And and do you, do you find when you watch Life Force, um, do you find yourself watching and thinking, "What is this? What is going on here?" It's it, it kind of reminds me of of. Like I just said, you know, all these, all these really low budget, um, you know, these, these, you know, gore fest space sci-fi horrors, um, and Life Force kind of jumped in during the height of it. You know, like if you have a, I don't know, like like, like George Romero had, had his hit with Night Living Dead, then Dawn, and and all of a sudden the early eighties was just like Italian zombie films and and, and, some, and some american uh, studios was doing like their own zombie movies like like that's kind of what was happening here and i think because the space horror genre was doing so well mm. that's where life force came in but they didn't quite know what it was like you know it's space it's horror it's sci-fi it's vampires space vampires yeah space vampires now Doctor Who, Tom Baker era again, touched on this as well. Um, it 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 was it was set in a medieval setting, but they were vampires, and yeah. and it, and and again it did it more effectively with a better budget with Matt Smith's uh, Vampires of Venice, um, where where the aliens were actually kind of bloodsuckers. Um, yeah. So so it does kind of work, doesn't it? You know the blood, yeah. the life force being. You know it. It, do, it does, but it still feels like a really weird mix of genres when you watch it. But then, I mean, Doctor Who kind of, kind of covered every single thing, didn't they? From androids to zombies to where uh, not where. I don't think they werewolves. Wasn't ghostlight kind of werewolfy? Uh, Ghostlight wasn't. Ghostlight was uh, was weird evolutionary yeah, sort of a god creature thing. Um, mm. No, there was there was Tooth and Claw, the David Tennant episode of Doctor Who, which was werewolves. In fact, what about the the final episode, Survival? Survival, yeah. It's cats, though, isn't it? Cats. It's like were cats. Were cats, yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, Doctor Who pretty much covered everything. In regards to villains and monsters and some of the craziest, I mean, even dinosaurs. John yeah. Pertwee. Yeah, and then Di- Matt Smith again, <laughs> dinosaurs on the spaceship. And my problem with dinosaurs on the spaceship, I watched it and thinking it's Mark Gattis, uh, not Mark Gattis, it's uh, Chris Chibnall wrote it. We know what I think about Chris Chibnall. Um, yeah, I was watching yeah. and thinking, yeah, where's the dino poo? You know, I'm in, I'm with Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. There needs it's to be bad. that level of of excrement if you're going to have <laughs> dinosaurs realistic on a spaceship. There was none. There wasn't even a small little rat's dropping versus dinosaur poo. I was so disappointed. <laughs> what am I talking yeah. about? Um, so Dino. yeah, 
Do, do you know what? You watch these these Corman sort of pulpy, schmaltzy horror films. Do you know? Uh, sorry, sci-fi films. Do you know what I did last night uh, and yeah. tonight to to prepare? I went highbrow and then uh, Hollywood po- um, popcorn film. So I went Arrival. Arrival. Oh, such a very, beautiful very film. smart, beautiful film, yeah. Very cerebral. Uh, Aliens, yeah. you, I mean, it's just about bringing the human race together um, and, and helping each other out and stuff. But beautiful feel, film, wonderful beautiful soundtrack. Film, yeah. And then I went Independence Day. Okay. <laughs> so you've got you've got kind of two different extremes. You've got aliens who want to yeah. actually come and coexist and help us, and aliens who don't even want to talk, just want to blow our cities up in an incredible yeah. way. When you watched Independence Day uh, the first time, had you ever seen mass destruction on that level before? Because I hadn't. I can't say I had. Um, no, I think I think Independence Day was probably the first epic sci-fi blockbuster which just blew everything up i mean you know the white house everything um yeah i mean that was an amazing film to see at the cinema it um, was because the, the beam kind of comes down and then the, the the explosion just kind of goes out block after block after block and there's yeah um, yeah it was just even now especially in 4k it looks incredible yeah yeah, I mean every 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 single explosion is is is, is just going to look amazing in four K. And brilliant sound, beautiful. brilliant soundtrack from David Arnold as well. It's it, yeah. it, it is it is really really incredible. And it made me think. You also have a subgenre of of aliens who want to help us and support us yeah. and learn from us. ET, Cocoon, Arrival, yeah. uh, th- Close Encounters, and then the majority of aliens wish us harm. They don't like us very much. They've got good reason not to like us very much. I don't like us very much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, and when, when you were a kid and you're watching these films, you're thinking, horrible aliens coming down and messing our stuff up and, 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 and you know, sort of using our bodies as, as, as cocoons and body snatchery sort of ways. And now as an adult, you're thinking, do you know what? I can see why they're doing that because we're flipping dangerous, aren't we? We're, we're we're a horrible race, um, and I can say that sober. We're horrible, horrible people. Um, so flawed. Um, as, but we, we've talked about this before. We we love characters in films um, that that are not necessarily villains, but um, they're flawed. Uh, real real people that are struggling with something, something, something real in their lives. Um, and you know they're not necessarily a hero; they're, they're the anti-hero. Um, but this last what ten, fifteen years, mm. um, there's been a huge shift. And uh, but yeah, it's it's the same with the aliens. You know, we're we're, we're at a point where we're kind of rooting for the alien, it, it, like 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 slasher films. You know, chances are you're rooting for Jason to get a good good few kills in before <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even Jason went off into space, didn't he? Didn't he just? That's on my list of, of schlocky, um, you know, franchises that go into space. Jason Hell, did it. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Leprechaun 4. Leprechaun oh, I can't believe, can you believe Leprechaun 4 that went into space? It needed it. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know yes. if you've ever watched through uh, the Leprechaun franchise. Um 
honestly, it needed a leprechaun in space because <laughs> the first, I mean, the first one wasn't too bad. I've got a feeling that they put a bit of a budget in the first one. They had Jennifer Aniston, who was obviously not a name when they made it, but she had since become a name. Um, they had a budget, it had a short cinema run. Um, Leprechaun 2, it really was a straight to VHS, straight into the bargain bucket. Uh, same with with three, obviously four was as well, but it didn't matter because they went to space. Yeah, you see, look, it, it just well, it, it, yeah, it, you just let it get away with murder, literally, when you literally. go to space. See, yeah. I like Jason X. I I I, I like it. It yeah. People like people hate on it, and I'm like, don't hate on Jason X. It, it again, went to space. It, it needed it, you know. I think, I think, you know, when you have I mean, what J- Jason, Jason's Jason in space was Jason X. So what number ten? By the time you get to ten, I mean, normally the rule is if you can get to four, put them in space. That's the rule. <laughs> Critters four. Yeah. Well, they started in space and went back, didn't they? <laughs> That's true. That's true. It, they bookended themselves, didn't they? Then, then you've got you've got clever films that that are recent films that 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 kind of want to do something a little bit innovative with the, with the sci fi sort of genre. So they don't want to make your run of the mill um, alien sort of knockoff or something. So Attack the Block, I love Attack the Block. It's so clever, so British. It. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard good things. Like it's not, um, you know, it's well made. Yeah. Uh, Put a bit of a budget to it. Good yeah, acting. Cinema run. It's got Jodie Whittaker in it. There we go. Uh, who I probably, if I had watched it years ago, wouldn't have known who she was. But now I'd be able to go. Ah, Jodie Whittaker was in it. And and the, and again, limited, uh, reasonable budget. It it, it looks yeah. it looks good, but you don't see much of the uh, aliens. And there's no again, no warning, no explanation. These things just arrive and start well attacking the block. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Very, very nice little clever, clever little sci-fi film based on Earth, and and yeah, and, and then I love, I love, um, like you say, going back to the the, the schlocky sort of, I love the the B movies that know they're rubbish and and kind <laughs> yeah. of take take That's the Mickey point. out of each, yeah, yeah, and poke fun at themselves, yeah. I forget, I forget, and and the ones that are unashamedly low budget, and rather than try and pretend they're not, they're just like, yeah, yeah, we had like five pounds for this, mate. <laughs> uh, they're the ones you see on the horror channel, aren't they? Uh, um, yeah, the horror channel will probably have everything that we've discussed. Uh, I mean, not everything, because I mean, we're also talking about good films, so, <laughs> so maybe not everything. But uh, there's the schlocky stuff. You know, yeah, the, the, get the, the horror films that are on horror channel are the ones where it's clearly a man in a suit. Yeah, and yeah, and the acting is kind of. Slightly worse than EastEnders, yeah. But I love them. It's what are you watching? It's like this is awful, but I can't turn it off. <laughs> it's a uh, there's something about it, isn't it? Is it like a comfort thing? Do you think it's like a almost like know. a comfort blanket uh, that you wrap around yourself at midnight? That you that you wouldn't get from like a really well made film that needs your attention and you don't want to miss a detail. You don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about 
that's the second biggest you know disaster disaster movie uh action disaster movie armageddon is right up there right up yeah. there with, with independence day i think i even prefer it really yeah what do you like more about that to Indi- Indi- independence day it's got bruce willis well, it's a bruce willis film isn't it it's yeah bruce it's bruce's film um, whereas, whereas Independence Day is, is, is more uh, Will Smith's film. I the trouble is, if you watch too many of these films back to back, you realise the formula, and then it ruins it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the core. You know the one where the, where the uh, the core of the Earth stops spinning for some reason, love, best known to itself. Love the core. The core is a bad one. So bad, but it's. <laughs> it's, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. So, so you have this, this. So, so big bad things happen. Asteroids going to crush the Earth. No one realizes it's coming to. It's too late. Ah, oh, people in the White House <laughs> being stupid. You know, politicians like, oh, nuke it out of the way. No, don't do that. You know, and then you get the little kind of baby asteroids, the asteroids that 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 kind of wreck a few buildings and kill a few people, and people start taking it seriously. Um, and then there's a mass exodus, and there's lots of people um, getting on the freeways, and and you can't get through the cities and things like that. And you're thinking, leave a bit earlier in the film, and you'll be fine. Because if you leave it until it's too late, you're stuck on the freeway, and then you're going to die in a crush or something, or someone's going to, I don't know, steal your car or something. Um, and 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 then they come up with a big plan. The big plan to save humanity is we'll, um, I don't know, play Michael Bublé at them or something. You know, uh, it's some some sort of big plan. You know, let's let's put a big Hoover up and Hoover up the asteroid and and wang it into space, something like that. And oh yes, that's a great idea. So you get these big minds, the big scientific minds, the best minds known to mankind. And then Bruce Willis is there, and no one thinks, why is he here? He's not not intelligent. Yeah, he looks good in a vest. Let's have Bruce Willis. Yes. Um, and then then there's always the <gasps> moment when you think, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, <gasps> you know the <gasps> moment. That is literally yeah. what it's called, the moment. It's usually where they fail. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've got no chance now. And you're like, oh. Or oh. have they? Because they yeah. on their on their shuttle. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the moment where it recovers. And do you know the best films like that, the science science fiction, science fiction, disaster films, all of those films, I like it when there isn't a they save them and the world ends. And you're like, oh. They they failed. That's it. I know this isn't. I know this isn't sci-fi. Well, it, it kind of is. Oh, the the mist. The mist. Yes, the, the mist ending. It does because it really best. messes with your head. It really does. Just when you well, when there is no hope, and you know there's there's no way out. Um, but then you know what? Two minutes later, the cal the cal cav. Cavalry, Calvary, Cavalry, Cavalry, Cavalry. 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 Say it fast, it's fine. Uh, arrives and every, you know, it would have been fine, but uh, but he killed his whole, his whole family. So you know, it's just uh, what a what a what an ending. But Lovecraft does feel science fiction because it's 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 breaking through different dimensions. It does feel very science fictiony, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lovecraft is 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 another is another subgenre. And and then then you've got films that are kind of they cult, they're niche, but they're also mainstream because of the sheer um, fan base they have. 
and 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 these are the ones where there's just one, but many many versions of that one film. I am of course talking about Blade Runner. <laughs> How many versions of Blade Runner do you own, Tony? I mean, are you are you talking metaphorically, or are you actually saying <laughs> how many how many four K copies have I got? <laughs> I'm not insane. I've got, I'm on a budget. I mean, it, it, we're talking steel books. They're not they're not cheap. So I've only got Blade Runner and its sequel. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know one, one of each. But else from me? There was the theatrical version, wasn't there? Then there was the extended version. Then there was the director's cut. Then oh, there was I the. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. They're all they're all on the 4K disc, though, aren't they? They're all there. Yeah, all they are. There. But like, I only, I you know, I only watch, I only watch the the, the, the final cut. I think that's the one. It I think that's the one. the one where he finally got it right. Usually, yeah. is the case. Apocalypse Now has a yeah. final cut, which is the one. Go with the final cut, always. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the big news recently at a convention that Harrison Ford said that he played um, um, Deckard oh, as, 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 a, as a replicant, proving to all of us fans what we've known in our hearts for years, that he isn't human, he is a replicant. I didn't all... think that. Was I the only one that uh, just refused to believe? Um, because I just, I just feel as though, because he got with a replicant, and I just feel as though a replicant would would two replicants would know that they're with a replicant. Like it just what? doesn't feel right. I think she did know, but didn't want to say. She was just being polite. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, she's just being polite. Yeah, being polite replicant. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a whole unicorn thing, though. But there will be. It's Ridley Scott. I mean, he he dreams of unicorns. Didn't he make a a, a, a Tom Cruise? Unicorn yeah, film. legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom, uh, Tim Curry plays the uh, Lord of Darkness. Incredible film. Always scary looking as Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so so and and I I quite liked the sequel. The sequel got really really badly panned, didn't it? I I loved it. I don't know. I don't know what um what was they hoping for? I mean, it was it it it, it kind of had the best of the original. But it went in a different direction. I think Ryan Gosling. I know you don't want to talk about Barbie, so we won't. No, I don't. Ryan Gosling. You know, he's 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 one of our he's one of our top actors now. I, I loved him uh, acting opposite Harrison Ford. Yeah, me and, too. And, and it was obvious he was a replica, which was great. So there was no debate about that. No, we didn't have to wait thirty years to find that out. Did we? <laughs> Not this time, no. No, and 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 the soundtracking opportunities for sci-fi. I'd love to soundtrack a sci-fi film because it's all, yeah. it it's all like synth, uh, ambient synth noise, and like little synth lead moments. It's it's all it's. It, I mean, apart from if you're if you're Hans Zimmer who does a full orchestral s- score for Interstellar, which feels like a modern day two thousand and one, doesn't it? it? It's just weird. Why is there a library? Yeah. But, but if you're going to soundtrack a a, 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 a sci-fi film, you're going to do kind of um, lots of synth and that sort of thing. Unless you're Tim Burton, and then you go and do a weird thing with Mars Attacks, but it worked. Mars Attacks is that's actually a good time because I was going to say to you about um, you know where did sci-fi originate from? Because you know I've been I've been experiencing that as well. Um, but yeah, Mars Attacks. It, it, it's you know homage to 
all of the original early 50s uh, sci-fi films, you know, where, where, where it all started. Day, Day the F stood still, mm. uh, Worlds Collide. Um, what else have we got? Uh, War of the Worlds. You know, these, these yeah. are all the, 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 big, the big studio sci-fi films um, that started it all. Uh, Mars Attacks is is like like apart from the you know the schlocky space sci-fi horror um the original 1950s b movies is is probably my second favorite genre because it's it's so huge there, there must be about 30 40 films that you could go to to experience to to, to, to know where sci-fi originated from and mars attacks is just it takes everything that is so perfect about all of these films and puts it in a in a perfect, flawless, uh, comedic uh, sci-fi, modern sci-fi. It it it, it is it is a, a brilliant film, um, and and innovative, but gets the sci-fi element and the and the comedy element um, yeah. kind of right. And then 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 there's the the whole body snatcher thing, you know, and you've, you've got your classic. <laughs> Donald Sutherland and Leonard Nimoy kind of the oh, thing, and and yeah, like, oh no, he's been caught. And then and then there's the '80s remake, which was a bit more gory, uh, uh, but but kind of didn't feel as epic. Still good, I liked it. And yeah, then yeah. Then you've got the Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman version, and I don't know Just whether I yeah yeah I don't know whether I like it or not. I I, I feel like I should like it, but. I think it was miscast uh, because Invasion of the Body Snatchers is is one of my favourite of 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 the sci-fi genre. That's you know the the original fifties version, um, all the versions you've just mentioned, um, and then you've got Invasion, which which is you know the the, the, the as I guess it came off the, the the back end of Daniel Craig doing Bond, so he was you know you know cast opposite Nicole Kidman but but Daniel Craig wasn't the lead Nicole Kidman was so mm. it's, it's quite bizarre because you know you, you've been watching the you know the, the new Bond films and Daniel Craig is is the in thing and then all of a sudden he's playing second fiddle mm. I've got no problem with that that's fine you know it's, it's, but it just felt and, I, and I'm not even saying it's Nicole Kidman that was miscast I felt Daniel Craig was it, it could have been anybody else and, it, and I think it would have worked better uh, I think Nicole Kidman was, was 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 fine in it, but there was no chemistry between them. It just didn't no, work. No. About that, they didn't work for me. Uh, yeah, and and I kind of felt also they they missed out on the interesting kind of sociological comment. I always felt yeah. with the with uh, Donald Sutherland's version, it was almost kind of playing on a bit like They Live. You know that we were as a society dumbed down and lulled into this sleep and. You know, yeah. who would notice if anybody had been taken over by aliens because we're so disconnected that yeah. that we wouldn't notice. You know, it's kind yeah. of riffed on with Shaun of the Dead as well, but but it's this whole thing, and 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 it didn't go through any of that. It was just going for like almost a straight retelling of it, and it's been it's been done so many times. You're like, I needed them to do something different with it, but yeah, no chemistry, yeah. no chemistry between them at all. I mean, the 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 the. The uh, the nineteen ninety one body snatchers um, did it, it felt different. It just hmm. you know after, after you got the, the Donald Sutherland one, 
it felt you know doing it on a military base and uh it's clever that wasn't it it was it and, it and it worked so well because you know you've got this family that turn up um and you know even within the family you know the the, the daughter doesn't get on with the stepmom she's not close with the dad you know she's she's like getting out to you know she made a friend um so she's disconnected from a family who's on a military base which is disconnected from everybody um so it, it's just this perfect scenario of of you just don't know like like she she arrives and they're probably all uh transformed when they arrive whereas you know in previous versions you kind of sort of see it slowly happening body snatch kind of throws you straight in you know you don't know who yeah. is still yeah. human um it felt different it felt a little bit fresher than the other two I should actually just pause this to get into up until this point I I've had a little vape as we as we and I've just noticed my 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 microphone wanted to go so I apologize up until this point if you hear this kind of like weird Darth Vader noise I will restrain myself and not vape um as I'm podcasting I apologize rookie podcast error please forgive me otherwise you're just going to hear this yeah well sci-fi film you're giving me some kind of um, uh, background uh, surreal sci-fi humming. That's sound. what I was doing. Yeah, let's let's, let's I'm, say that. I'm, I'm, yeah, as I'm as I'm building up suspense, you are building up the surrealist music to accompany me. Yeah, I just I just suddenly felt bad about it because I'm I, someone's going to point it out. I was like, yeah, stop vaping when you're podcasting, Daniel. Sorry. <laughs> That's how relaxed we are. We, you know, I mean, I might do shots of milk in about ten minutes. Shots of milk. Oh, you yeah, you bad boy, are you yeah. Watch some schlocky horror with some shots of milk. See, I I think for for one of my favourite um, films that 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 gets the whole sci fi element right, it's got to be the thing as well. I mean, yeah, it, it starts with that incredible. It looks really good that 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 um, the shot of the spaceship kind of at the beginning yeah. crashing. Yes, it still looks yeah. really good. Um, yeah. and and you're thinking. You really shouldn't have dug that up, really, should you? At some stage, you must think, this huge, massive body thing, this is not going to end well. But they never think that, do they? They're like, oh, big spaceship. Yeah, they don't. Did you, did you, did you see, have you seen the, the, the original 1951, uh, the thing from outer, no, the thing from another world? Yeah, it's not great, is it? Oh, I love it. I love really? it. But again, you know, you it's 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 classic Doctor Who, you know, it's a man in a monster suit. You know, it's you know, set on the Arctic, you've got all these, you know, all these people there and all of a sudden they, they dig up the spaceship and you know, a cube of you know, what is what about, you know, like a nine foot monster. Um but again, you know, it's one of those it, like it's it's not a you know, it's not a smart film, it's more of a more of a schlocky, a very early schlocky kind of horror. Did you not feel though that the monster somehow shrunk in between getting out of the cube and then because he wasn't oh, yeah. nine foot when... <laughs> that cube that cube was at least twelve foot, wasn't it? Is yeah. it it's like what, what, did he have a pillow in there or something? You know, like a, a, a couple of books. You know, because there's no way he's wandering around a nine foot, is he? He was going through the door without ducking. But, but but then you know they they might they might have uh, you know uh, drilled several feet above and below him not to uh, you know not not to uh, cut his limbs off. Maybe they were just being careful. 
Or it was, we've only got a budget to dress a bloke in a suit and he ain't nine foot. Yeah, we've only got a six foot two guy. So let's uh, let's let's only cast uh, Tom Cruise's uh, for this film. And <laughs> six foot two person, really, really big. It's so like, in order to actually eradicate that monster, you just have to step on him. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, didn't see you there. I, but it is one of those films where the first half is, is much better than the the reveal. The reveal is terrible. Once you get to the point of the film where the, you know, you see you see the, the you know this this Frankenstein like monster, alien monster. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's it's. I'm just so glad that John Carpenter, who was obviously heavily inspired by the first film, uh, went in a different way. You know, he's like, okay, we, we, I love elements of that. But let's let's bring in some practical effects and really scare people here. Yeah, let's rip a few bodies up, shall we? <laughs> Terrifying you've, you've got sci-fi films from your childhood, so Last Starfighter. Yeah. Flash Gordon. I tell you, let, let, let's just go back to Last Starfighter for a second, because I am terrified. Because they have just released it on 4K in, in America. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna get it. I will get it, because you know we're for some bizarre reason, there's a lot of films coming out in the States which just never get released in 4K over here. Um, so I will get it, but I am scared of... Uh, because the effects... I mean, even when I last had it on DVD, the effects were terrible. It was the first of its kind. It's mm. going to be bad. But in 4K, you're going to... You know, it's going to make Superman 4 look like a Gone with the Wind classic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there really is nowhere to hide in 4K. There's nowhere so. to hide in 4K. So, yeah, I'm a little yeah. nervous. Yeah, but the film itself is is genius. It's it's, it's got a great story. Yeah, and and Flash Gordon in four K. There is nothing that can make Sam Jones look good. <laughs> yeah, how he got cast in that film. I, I mean, it, it's got Queen on the soundtrack. Um, it obviously got a big budget. It's Max it's von Sydow. Top off. It's a big sci-fi epic. I mean, yeah, still campy, which works. Peter but, Duncan, but but Sam Jones, um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's he's perfectly cast for um, some of these schlocky, you know, these schlocky films. Uh, that would be, maybe that was the, the you know they wanted to kind of go in that direction of you know the Roger Corman esque. You know, let's let's bring in somebody who. Isn't necessarily a you know a Kurt Russell, uh, quite the opposite, more of a <laughs> schlocky Kurt Russell. <laughs> His <laughs> is acting is terrible. It is. It is. It's on par with um, um, George Lazenby. Uh, yeah. Which luckily they 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 you know they although saying that now am I giving George Lazenby a raw deal because they did dub him so am I. Am I, you know, am I giving the 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 the, 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 the dubbed George Lazenby, like, is he the is he the one to blame for the bad acting? Because George Lazenby, his voice didn't even get used, did he? No, he was that bad. <laughs> but he wasn't an actor, was he? He wasn't really an actor. He was a model. Yeah. He was a he was a model, and you know, and they saw him in a in a magazine, and they said, that's our... But that, back in those days, that was how easy it was to become Bond. Yeah, look you know, at it now. Like a bit of underwear. Da- Daniel, if you do a bit of underwear modelling, chances are you could be Bond. I'd never inflict that on anybody. Bond, yeah. yeah, no, I, so I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to inflict that on anybody, Tony. That's the sort of thing you never recover from. 
wait a minute, wait a minute. I have seen you. Uh, Careful. Dressed as Bond. The first the first time I ever saw you, I think, I don't know, I can't remember. When we first started chatting, your profile picture was you pretending to be Bond. Yeah, that that there was a, there was only one reason I did that was so that I could get drunk on on martinis because uh, I'd never actually had a martini. I was very very ill that night. Oh dear! But you looked the part. That's that's but, that's what I was saying. I, I had to I had to I had to spray paint a, a one of those sort of uh, pop air pop guns because the gun needed to look the right. It's very difficult to buy cheaply a replica gun just for the purposes of dressing up as Bond because they now design them not to look like real weapons because of you know society and everything else. So it was very difficult to find a gun prop without spending ridiculous amounts of money on it. Um, so I went to this pound shop and got this little air pop thing and then and then painted it religiously. And, I, and at one point I was thinking, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? The gun's got to look right. It did. It did. I, I could I could have sworn I saw the new Bond there. Yeah. I, <laughs> the good old days. We didn't care. <laughs> hey, dress as Indiana Jones. The, the, the other thing I love about sci-fi, uh, other than everything we've talked about so far, um, is, is the blasters. You've got to have a good blaster in a sci-fi film, haven't you? You've got to have a good pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Can, can, we, can we talk a little bit about how um, the classic V got everything perfect? Oh, did, didn't it? The reboot uh, didn't, didn't give us anything that we wanted other, other, other than other than uh, uh, Mark's uh, singer. In the, the last end. episode before it got cancelled. Yeah. Last yeah. Note, open on him. Don't and, end on him. And and, and I know we, we were agreeing with, me with this. The reason why the remake failed is because they got the blaster noise wrong. There's, and there was no s- sparks when they... No, when there they was no the sparks. It wasn't just that you just got the... Vzz, it was... The, it vzz, yeah. It yeah, was. Yeah. It just. It was. Oh, it was. And 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 when when someone got hit in the chest, it smoked. Yeah. Oh, it's that noise. I used to dream I, of owning a blaster just so it would make that noise. Yeah. My my heart ached, and it was it, it broke in two when I first started watching the reboot. I, they was making a reboot, and I was like, yes, this is the best thing ever. Started watching it. And uh, yeah, everything that I loved in the world just crumbled and t- oh, just life just didn't make this, it make sense, does it? And why? Um, why in Star Wars is a good example. Why does no one ever shoot straight in these films? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they need glasses or contact what? lenses because they. You know, you've got big yeah. sequences where there's like big starfighters coming down and strafing or strafing or whatever with multiple lines of lasers, and the person's just running straight and they can't hit them. And you're like, what? Yeah. What's what, what laser shooting school did you go to? Yeah, but the and, original and- it made it, everything worked. Every everything apart from the series, obviously. Yeah, and and it's the tech, isn't it? You know, it's 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 Blake Seven. The thing that makes me laugh about Blake Seven is the transporter technology, some kind of subpar to Star Trek. Blake Seven's transporter policy, <laughs> wasn't it? It's like little bracelet that, that they made. They actually made it on on Blue Peter. You could make a Blake Seven transporter bracelet, and they made it with bits, and it looked like it. It was real because the actual real real one in the program was made of bits of plastic and 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 fairy liquid bottle. 
painted and here's one I made earlier um and, and what I loved about when people used to transport from from the ship down to a planet you had what I call the Blake 7 stagger so every single time they they're transported down they must have been told right you need to 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 act as if your body's been displaced and then put back together again so they do this kind of thing <laughs> every time it was hilarious it's like the Blake 7 stagger is brilliant and and I think sometimes they would actually deliberately make them make them uh, materialize on a hill. So they're like, <laughs> kind of kind of reminds me, of, you know, when you know when they uh, go through the Stargate, you know, they they kind of just sort of rolled on through, or yeah, or even sliders, you know, which is essentially the same kind of thing, but um, not as good. But same same hammy kind of campy kind of uh, sci-fi TV, but. Um, but yeah, do you know what Star Star Trek um, in the in the early films, uh, or maybe the first one, uh, they you know did the transporter and you know and uh, they they showed um, you know the, the the dangerous aspect of, of using it, and I think two people didn't quite make it, and they and they had to go back down to Earth, and they they they. Uh, basically like the the fly you know where they, where they kind of mangled in t- together um and they say oh you don't, you don't want to know what came back oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's like yeah i can imagine it was a right mess yeah yeah someone's gonna have to cl- clean that up it's uh but but you know just you know throughout star trek the, the series you, you never once thought oh is there any danger to using the transporter uh the first film covered that and i thought that was brilliant that was a great way of, of saying do you know what uh, there is there is other dangers uh, other than Klingons out here. It, it just us transporting you from, you know, from from Earth to the to the spaceship. It's, you, you could die just doing that. Do you think? Do you think things like because you've got X Files, Quantum Leap, all of these incredible science fiction based programs and films? Yeah. Do you think it's yeah. because as a, as a, as a human race? We really want to believe that we're not the we're not it. We're not the only kind of evolved life form out there. You know, there there are there are there are races that are beyond our comprehension, um, because the, the universe would feel quite well, quite scarily and alone if we are actually the only ones here. And there's not there's not some sort of dodgy Martian about to kind of invade us or something. Well, at, at my age, I have become somewhat of a recluse, so I'm more than happy if we're alone in this, in this universe. <laughs> I've got to maybe the you know my younger self, uh, my the teen of me, uh, when I was watching the X Files, I would have loved for there to be an Independence Day style invasion and you know and, and shake things up a little bit. But, but I'm I'm quite settled now. I'm a family family man now. I'm reclusive, you know. I, I've got my routine that I need. Uh, I don't need an alien invasion to spice up my my life. In fact, I haven't got the energy for it. I, I'd be the first to die because I would I would I would just stand in front of my house and say, you know, a bit like in, in Shawshank Redemption where the guy looks. <laughs> I think he's hoping that a lightning bolt will take him down. Well, that's me. I'm hoping a beam will just come down and just take me just to save this time energy. I think you'd just be you'd be safeguarding your steel books that, uh, collection, wouldn't you? No, no, yeah, not. I, yes, I would. I would definitely lock. I would definitely lock the, uh, uh, the my my little my little office room. Make sure that everything is safe. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I think like what you what you were saying. I, 
think curiosity. I think I think the reason why we have so many like sci-fi subgenres, I think, is because as as a race, we're curious. You know, we're we're, we're the, like the the what ifs. You know, what if mm. this happened? What if that happened? Whether you know the the, the curious. Um, you know, there's just the the imaginative, and and that's what sci-fi is. That's why it's so amazing because there's no there's no limit to it. I mean. I mean, look at Inception. You know, um, yeah, that that's that's taking sci-fi to an epic, epic level. That's I'm not going to I'm, I'm go on a limb now, though, and say in 2023 we've not actually had any any alien sightings or anything that that you can put your feet. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say I think if there were, we'd have known by it. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I just I'd like to believe. I, you know, I'd love to be proved wrong. But yeah. there's there's not, is there? I mean, War of the Worlds. Let's you know, let's move over to Tom Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds because the, the original War of the Worlds brilliant for its time, early fifties, epic. But I really, really like uh, Spielberg's version of it. You know, Tom Cruise playing a dad and every man, um, and it's very real. It's very it's, it's it's like if we was to be hit right now by you know. Um, spaceships just destroying everything um that's that's exactly how it would be you'd be running you don't know where you'd be running to but you'd just be running yeah um, and that's what makes that film so so perfect and terrifying i, I, you I agree I, I like that and dakota fanning is actually very good in it as well um yeah. my problem with war of the worlds and, and it's a very simple one if you're going to go abroad you get your jabs don't you you do right, right. so so, so the Martians have been watching our, uh, the world for for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Did they not watch it? Where, where have you got that from? H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells. Is it the Simpsons where they do the Halloween, the Treehouse of Horror special? No, no. They've got TV screens and they're watching us. See, this is no. This is the difference between us. You see, I read books, Tony. You should try it sometime. That is the difference between us. I don't. See, HG Wells says they were watching us um, with with oh, jealous, yeah. envious eyes, uh, and and to be honest, I didn't read the book. It was at the beginning of <laughs> Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, so I didn't read a book. Okay. Um, yeah, so 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 you do, but you do your research if you're going to go on holiday somewhere. You do your research, don't you? So you know, you, you get your jabs or whatever. Why did they not get immunization before they came onto Earth? Because they got destroyed by something that effectively could be beaten by paracetamol. Why don't they just chug a bit of cowpole? You know that's not that far different from uh, how how uh, we beat the visitors in V. It's with true. Their, with, their, with their red powder, which uh, is the only good thing about the series, once <laughs> they started throwing red powder in their faces. It's not like they've gone to Hobbycraft and got a load of red powder paint, isn't it? And just gone wee. <laughs> you know, there's a second thing that's good about V as well, don't you? And it is Michael Ironside. Okay, let, let's clarify. You're talking about the se- uh, the series because we we love and adore the two mini series. We we have no beef with you. Uh, the series is a is a whole that is a schlocky, cheap two bit. We we want to make something quickly, cheaply. Uh, as long as we've got my client side, it doesn't matter what we do with this. Uh, and, and to some degree, it worked because Michael Ironside did did keep us watching it right to the end. And Mark Singer. They, they, 
it was it was so. painful though, wasn't it? Well, was it painful or more the fact that we tried to do it? What, what was it? A one day marathon of it? Two 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 days, and then we tried to watch the the series after when all the good people had left. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did a whole marathon, didn't we? Over a couple yeah. of days. See, see, that's really where fun. I lose my interest. That 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 second series or whatever, where where everybody's died or uh, left. Yeah. And, yeah. and and do you remember we kept on getting fed up with the establishing shots? It was like, <laughs> and we're outside the bar again. Oh, and we kept saying, like, oh, I tell you, if we was doing a drinking game to that, <laughs> we would be shots of milk. Oh, we'd be so full of milk. It was terrible. And 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 also like, the, the 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 brilliant um, shuttle um, chase sequence yeah. from the they just kept on using the same footage. And, and docking in and out, you know, the spaceship. It was just the same same shot and the same shot of Los Angeles behind it at the same same yeah. time. Yeah, it was bad. So that's where I started losing to I thought, why have we agreed to do this? Uh, you know, we should have just stayed with the good bit. And then once once they've escaped, because they've got to go away and hide around the back of the moon um, because of the powder and, and the hobbycraft stuff, um, we should have stopped watching there. I'm fairly sure you could probably do it so that once you start the series, you can do maybe the first two or three episodes and then jump to the final two or three episodes. And I think that, that all of the stuff, because it was, it was kind of like, um, um, you know, very much like the A-Team or Knight Rider or any of those kind of shows where every episode had, you know, it was an individual episode, like they'd been caught and they'd been put in like a prisoner of war camp or, you know, they had to get away or they had to save some children from the, the, the visitors or, you know, like it was a different story yeah. each week. Yeah. Um, and it was only the first two or three and the last two or three where they were kind of like bookending the actual story of the miniseries. Yeah. The rest of it was rubbish. And it was, and it was. It was and, and you know, the other thing I loved about V, which they kind of did away with, was, was the throat vibrating voice thing. Yeah. They Didn't did. you always want one of those? No, <laughs> I don't think I ever did. <laughs> Which reminds me, do you know, I was looking on Amazon the other day, and you know you can get uh, an Indiana Jones uh, Grail Diary. Did, uh, did you, have, you, have, you ordered, have you ordered such a thing? No, no, I didn't, no, oh, yeah. no, yeah. no. And it looks yeah. like, it, it looks like the Grail Diary. It's so awesome. I was I was so hoping you'd have watched the fifth one by now. Uh, I haven't had a chance. I, well, you know, I'm just, just I'm like biting my tongue here because we can't talk about it, can we? No, no, not it's even not. A, a little bit. We could talk about Crystal Skull because that has got elements of sci-fi on it. Let's talk about. I don't even want to think about crystals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I, I mean, I, I told you, you know, I told you the. The, the, the main bits that I wanted to say. So yeah, and 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 I I kind of I kind of know what happens. I I'm yeah yeah. It's not doing very well at the box office, is it? Uh, do you know what? I'm not surprised. I actually had a I had a debate uh, with with somebody on, on my Facebook feed who completely slaughtered. Uh, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm the biggest Indiana Jones fan in the world," and they've I think destroyed. You find it's not. <laughs> no, we are. Yeah. Um, they've destroyed my favourite character. They've destroyed the franchise. Why did they bother? This was a mess. And you know what? I came in as a bit of a diplomat and I said, there's a lot of points you've made which, which are fine. You know, it's your opinion. 
Um, but I will point out that the the indie is 80, 79, mm. 80, this film. You're not going to get a perfect trilo- first trilogy Indiana Jones. Um, and they've made it a perfect film around a man of that age. Yeah. Um, and it's Indy's last adventure. And it is a perfect last adventure. The CGI element is too much. I would have, <laughs> you know, the original trilogy, practical effects, this is this is a little bit more, unfortunately, of, uh, you know, Crystal Skull. Um, but there wouldn't there would be no film with Harrison Ford without CGI because he's 79. He did an amazing no. job of just staying awake for the takes. So <laughs> you can get Harrison Ford jumping on a horse and, and going, going going down a, a, a subway tunnel racing against a a, a subway train. Um, it's not going to happen now. So you, you, we, I guess in a, you know, in a, in a weird sort of way, um, without this CGI, we would, we wouldn't have had a fifth film and a final adventure. So you kind of got to take it as, as that's the only way we've got the film. See, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I'm, and I'm going to love it, and and I know I will. You and, will sentimentally, yeah. you're going to love it. Yeah, perfect ending as well. I'm not saying anymore. Perfect. But, but the critical me is thinking: Did we need a fifth one? Uh, we didn't need Crystal Skull, but we definitely needed this. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see why when you watch it. You'll you'll see why. This is a broken, you know, seventy nine year old. He's got a bad back. He can't get out of the chair. This is this is what we want from an Indiana Jones who's seventy nine. They did it right. They set their stall out when they put the poster out, and it was classic Raiders. You mean the one you sent me earlier? The uh, the the the, yeah, the, the an alternative. Poster, yeah, yeah. They, 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 this is a film you don't have to worry about fans. We're going back to old school indie. This isn't the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll kill off Marty. Can go off, go away, bye. Um, yeah. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. Um, but How did you know that? Because <laughs> I read Wikipedia, you know, I don't, oh, I don't. What are you doing? But do you even know? Do you know the ending as well? Yeah, of course I do. Oh, God. I don't want surprises when it comes. I don't want the reason I did it was because I don't mind uh, knowing what what's happening because I want the experience of seeing an Indiana Jones film again. Um, yeah. And I also, if they'd have really screwed it up, I didn't want to be disappointed. So I was kind of preparing myself, and I was thinking, actually, I quite preparing like the ending. I quite like the ending. Um, okay, yeah. Seems though you know. I mean, I'm not going to say anything because there's obviously stuff you still don't know. Um, but it, 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 it just. It, I mean, it worked better than seeing a UFO at the end of Crystal School. What Let's was that about? I don't know, but it was never mentioned again. Like they, 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 they brushed past that. No, this is like, hey, hey, Indy, do you remember when you saw that big alien thing? It was stupid, wasn't it? What are they doing? When those aliens took you uh, for oh, 30, 40 years <laughs> and you lost your job. Yeah, yeah. So what happened there? <laughs> Not, we don't talk it's, about that. It's, it, it's worth, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a great nostalgic film for people like me and you who grew up on Indiana Jones. I, but at the same time, uh, it, it it can lose itself to feeling like as 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 Marvel kidnapped Indiana Jones and created their own Marvel Indiana Jones film. I mean, it's Disney. Disney's making Marvel. Disney's making Indiana Jones. Of course, of course, this is going to be a you know a huge Marvely CGI type thing, isn't it? It's not. You're not going to get away from it now. No, no, but. 
you know, it's going to be the and someone. Oh, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who played um, his his best mate, the diggy bloke. What's his name? John Reese. John Reese. What do I want to say? Davis. Yeah, he said. Oh, I think there'll be many more Indiana Jones films. No, there won't. You silly man. You just can't get any work anywhere else. No, there won't be any more Indiana Jones films. And and I will say this: um, he was not needed to. It, it was the most pointless uh, cameo <laughs> having him come back. Do you, do you know, like in sequels and franchises, where they bring in uh, somebody from an original or whatever, and, and, they're, and they're literally in it for like a couple of minutes for no reason at all other than to, you know, like the filmmakers have brought somebody back before they've died. And that's what it felt like with this. Like, it, it, there was no need for him. It just, like, it took you out of the film a little bit. Like, all of a sudden, he's there. Um, you know, like 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 the Indiana Jones logo uh, went up in the the bat sky, and uh, and so all of a sudden, all of Indy's old friends who were still alive kind of came running. <laughs> what do you mean, like it's Zach just... Gallagher in Gremlins Two? <laughs> well, without Zach Gallagher in Gremlins Two, I don't think there'd be much of a film, would there? <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't need him, does he? Just he's he's, he's like he's... he's literally as wooden as the furniture. Oh god! But he's 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 popped up in the, uh, the the cartoon. I think they've just made a cartoon. So they... oh no, they've done a they've done a Mogwai cartoon, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they have, and I think he's 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 back as he's back as Billy for that. So I'm not I'm not excited about it. I mean, uh... I, years ago, if they'd have made a Gremlins three practical, you know, and they followed it on, I I'd have I'd have been excited a little bit more excited, even though Gremlins two was somewhat of a spoof of Gremlins. <laughs> It's, isn't Christopher Lee having a great a lot of fun in Gremlins 2? Do you know what? You can tell when a man is getting paid well. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can tell. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell and also, you can tell when the main cast are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> there's a there's a look. Watch, watch, <laughs> when you watch Gremlins 2, just look. They're, they're not looking like they, they need to yeah. be there. They're phoning it in, but they don't need to be there. Oh, what a great film! Rot- still, I, don't get me wrong. I still, I still love, I still love Gremlins too. I love the comedy aspect of it. I mean, I know it's you know Gremlins is perfect, but Gremlins too is, it's a different beast. It's, it's funny. It's, it's yeah, funny. <laughs> Somebody was high when they when they came up with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, any other star uh, sci-fi films or comments we feel like we need to make? Um, I was doing a Columbo, sorry. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the ceiling oh, as we well. should talk about the costumes. Um, like, I mean, Fifth Element for me sends up the ridiculous uh sci fi costumes. I mean, it's yeah. just insane. I mean, they can't they can't get through doors. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're like Daleks and stairs, aren't they? You're not. Just I know. Go through a small door, and you're you're gonna be fine. I mean, what, what was wrong with a jumpsuit? You know, just like a re- you know, obviously don't have a red jumpsuit. You're not going to come back from the away mission, are you? But I mean, the, the you know, the, the sort of made for spe- why do you have to have all these kind of weird sort of out there count out outfits and things? Well, they're in a different culture, yes, but it's not practical for space, is it? But and Fifth Element, I mean, it's 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 it is a bit of an out there sci-fi film you know you've got bruce willis with blonde hair uh, i think that's probably the only time you will ever 
see that. You won't see that now anyway. But even in the past, he, he's never done blonde before. No. Uh, and um, uh, it's just, it's, it's a very, very different style uh, sci-fi film. Um, and, and when it's funny, it's hilarious. Um, some, Is that some... Luke Besson again? Luke Besson, yeah, who is actually very good at stylish sci-fi. Do you know, I forgot Luke Besson directed all three of the Taken films as well. I should have known that, shouldn't I? I don't think he did. Did it? He wrote them. <laughs> I would have known that. He wrote I them. Mean, His name came up and everything. Yeah, yeah. That he did one, two, and two. He wrote. And he didn't direct the third one. Oh, that's that's what I mean. I, he, he didn't direct them, but I didn't. No. I didn't know he had anything to do with them writing wise. Yeah, he did. Produced them or written, written them or wrote and wrote in them. Wrote in them. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late when you can't master the English language, isn't it? Oh well, you know, I'm, I'm, I spend most of my days talking to an eighteen-month-old who's. <laughs> You know, which is very sci-fi. I could use some of the noises, and we could create an amazing sci-fi film with just these noises alone. But that's so, what I did. I spent my days doing that. <laughs> so, so that's my question to you, Tony. If someone gave you an unlimited budget and said, "I want you to write a sci-fi film," what would you do? I would turn them down straight away. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. With I think, I think, with you know, vast amount of money. Um, Unfortunately, you're, you're going to lose a lot of the, the the creativeness, the the spark. You know, I mean, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, he, he didn't have a huge amount of money, probably even just a fraction of what he desperately, you know, wanted to make it work. Um, but I, I find that you know, uh, if you've got a, a you know a moderate bu budget and you've got creative talent and you've got some amazing people working on it. Uh, I think you're going to get a better quality film. You know, like if you've got Marvel and you've got Disney and all, all these, you know, Netflix just firing unlimited money at a director to make whatever film, it loses something. It loses a spark, that little bit of, mm. you know, that Spielbergness of the of the eighties or the, you know, J I was going to say James Cameron, but he looks like he's back again <laughs> after after many years in the water. Yeah, yeah. I turn like... it down. I turn it down because I just, you know, I think, I think, I think smaller budgets, as long as they've got a reasonable budget, I think, you know, the the directors are going to. Like Terminator didn't have a huge budget, but if he had an unlimited budget to make Terminator, we would not have had a cult classic hit that is Terminator. No, no, true. I was just thinking, uh, what was that film? It starred Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. It was a space film. It was basically just them. And Sandra Bullock and George Clooney? Yeah, I watched it recently. It was incredible. Really what amazing. Happened? Well, um, they're, on a, they're on some sort of spaceship sort of science-y thing. And they get hit not by... Solaris. Pardon? No, not Solaris, is it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Is Sandra Bullock in Solaris? I don't know. No, remember. I don't think it's that one. Uh, hang on. Um, <laughs> are you mixing up Solaris and Demolition Map? I mean, no, I do that. that all yeah, because they are so similar, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, so they're in the they're in the spaceship, and and then something something hits them, and and gravity. And that's it. Gravity. Yeah. What a gravity. great film! 
it is a it's, it's flawless it's 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 ryan reynolds in in buried you know you've just got one character one location but gravity is you know maybe just a little bit more but very similar you know you don't have a lot going on it's very claustrophobic and, yeah. and this is this is sandra bullock um before she messed with her face as well she did she had some plastic surgery uh several years after that didn't she yeah so they're, that all, was doing they're all doing it i know all the kids but you I, was thinking, I, 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 you. I won't i won't tony i won't i uh, i've seen what happened to terry hatcher i'm not doing that to myself <laughs> people think i should but i've, I've always been said i've always been told i say this about myself i've got a face for radio so you know perhaps and i should i went and joined you, and then, joined you didn't i yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but it, it takes a lot to to do something in space where there's two of you, uh, and 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 it's just about escaping, and there, there isn't much special effects. It, it's just the intensity between those two characters. It was incredible. I absolutely loved that film. Well, seems like you you brought up um, George Clooney. Um, if if you or anybody uh, listening to this hasn't watched uh, George Clooney in uh, Solaris, um, <laughs> which is what we thought we were talking about. Which doesn't have Sandra Bullock in it. It doesn't have Sandra Bullock in it, but um, the original Solaris is, I think, I'm, it's either Italian or German. Um, it's one of those two, um, and and it is fascinating. It's one of the one of the greatest uh, surrealist. It came straight off the back of two thousand and one. Uh, it's a very surreal style of two thousand and one. Um, and the George Clooney remake has the sur surrealness uh, to some degree, not as much, because uh, it's still Hollywood. Um, but those two, those two films, um, are two of my big recommendations for anybody that wants something a little bit out there, something a bit different, a bit arty, surrealistic. Um, both, both, both versions, brilliant. And if you want to watch a film that's totally rubbish, watch the remake of uh, of Lost in Space because that's flipping terrible. I hope you're not talking about the TV series. No, I'm talking about the Matt LeBlanc -Blank starring TV film film. No, I thought you was because the TV series is, is actually quite enjoyable. I've seen the uh, first two seasons. It it's not yeah, but the film's terrible. The film's um, terrible. We need to also finish by talking about the Hoven Starship Troopers. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, let's get let's get a round of applause for that because that is the ultimate way of, you know, Mister Verhoeven. Do you want to know more? Is what I have to say <laughs> to that. Or do we back to the future this and put a to be continued just to tease people for the well, next? Well, I'm Starship Troopers almost needs its own show, doesn't it? Verhoeven needs his own show. So that's a director that we didn't cover in our. In our previous life, didn't it's we? got a little bit of Ironside, but he still makes you laugh. It's so over the top. It's schlocky. It's like big budget schlocky sci-fi horror monsters. It's the only thing missing is vampires. Denise Rich Richards sucks in it, doesn't she? Johnny Rico. Yeah, she's not a great actress, but um, I don't think that's why she was there. So no, she wasn't. There, there, there are two other big reasons why she was there. I mean, Verhoeven, um, you know, followed Starship Troopers with Showgirls. So, I mean, you know, he's not exactly... Have you ever seen that? It's terrible. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I tried, yeah, I tried watching it. Um, <laughs> it's, 
it's not. It's not. It's you know they say oh it's the sexiest film ever. It's not. It's not. Paul Verhoeven is good with his blood and his his violence and his. He's, he's he's not he's not he's not a romantic man. He's not a he's no, not a seductive no. man. That, that, that's a film where plot doesn't matter, isn't it? There is no yeah. There's no plot, but women just constantly dancing around poles and and just getting into swimming pools. There's nothing to it. Oh, do you, do that that do you know which bit I was about to say? The most ridiculous sex scene I have ever seen in my life. Was that the swimming pool? Yeah, 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 yeah. What was that? <laughs> but uh yeah i mean if you do some research on paul verhoeven he started he started doing um german softcore porn violent movies um you know and that's you know so it's not surprising you know hollywood said ah we've got something a bit different with this man uh you know robocop um just so raw and gritty total recall I mean, I love Vero. When he's when he's good, he's just he's Hollywood's best. And when he's the worst, uh, yeah, showgirls, yeah, girls, yeah. But I yeah, really, Starship Troopers, brilliant film. Uh, oh, it, it is. It is beautifully gory, um, yeah. excessively cheesy, um, yeah. and Neil Patrick Harris is good in everything. Never seen a bad performance with him. He's he's. Even from his days as Doogie Howser, which is now on Disney. Yeah, and 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 uh, and How I Met Your Mother, which is just really really it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So I've I've really enjoyed this second episode. I've, I I didn't I didn't want it to just turn into a Star Wars Star Trek love fest. You know, I I think we made some yeah. good points about the fact that a film a sci-fi film doesn't have to be big budget to be watchable, no. and and a bad sci-fi film doesn't mean you have to switch it off either. There is room. There is room for, for you know all tastes and and also just like you're going to be in a different mood for different things. And I think that's that's the beauty of sci-fi. You know, like you're not the same person every single day of the week. And sci-fi caters for that. Yeah, and and I I don't know. It, it it's just always going to be one of those sort of genres that you can you can take yourself out of your environment and just sit down and watch kind of aliens blow stuff up. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird genre, isn't it? But, but I really enjoy it, but I do like it when someone does something original with it as well. Cube. You ever seen cube? Oh, cube, cube, cube one and two. The third one was awful. Yeah. The first one. You know, like ten out of ten for, for you know for trying. Uh, two and three, I, I yeah, they got worse. You know, two was worse than the first. Third one was almost unwatchable because they tried to give it a whole story that you didn't want to know. No, you didn't want. It's just like irritating people getting bits of them blown up. You know, it's quite good. Yeah, but the first one, very limited budget, very original. Um, it just everything about it worked. I mean, you know, you could analyze the fact that. There isn't a decent actor among them. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a bit hammy and a little bit campy in places. But at the same time, the visuals and everything else kind of makes up for that. Um, yeah, it, and it was just it was just clever. I, I just, just thought it was clever. Really yeah, absolutely. So, big question. Um, what are we going to do next week? Are you, are you editing out our five minutes... 
<laughs> where you get to do some more vaping and I'll have a I'll sit here with my look up at the ceiling and <laughs> No, I just wonder what, what sub subject we were gonna do next week. What like sink 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 epic as is, is, is horror and as Yeah, as what do you fancy? Western. I mean, are you into westerns? Do you like westerns? Oh no, I can't stand westerns. You're not a western. Man, well, are you? well, I, I like, western. I like, um, I, I like Clint Eastwood ones when you know the ones where he hasn't got a name. <laughs> would be yeah, it'd be quite a short show if uh, we were just doing doing it. I mean, he did do well, about four or five uh, altogether with, with you know with no names. Yeah, I know. I, I, I we'll have to do this thing. We we'll do this every week. So I can't think. We can't decide it, and, and we, we've run out of time. So, um, so we'll we'll, we'll just we'll just tell you next week. People. We will yeah. surprise people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we normally surprise each other. Um, well, I've I've enjoyed this episode. Um, if you if you feel that there's some films we should have mentioned, if you disagree with us on everything, um, don't be shy. Uh, <laughs> can't believe I said it like that. Don't be shy. Uh, email us decompose podcast at gmail.com um i'm not going to do the throw us a like if you like us because if i ever say that i think i might have to crawl under the table and die but i hope you enjoyed it uh, and we shall see you next week <laughs> <laughs>